from our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to It's All Political, the Chronicle's politics podcast. Today is Buffy Wicks. Now, she's was a longtime political organizer in California. She's worked in the White House, and now she's running for office. Why would you want to do that? But she represents a new wave of women who are doing that. But most important, she's going to explain why her name is Buffy. I'm Joe Garofoli, and this is It's All Political. Hi there, this is Joe Garofoli, senior political writer at the San Francisco Chronicle, with another episode of It's All Political. That's what this is called. It's, all it's, it's all It is all political, <laughs> as you know. We are here in, on the lovely streets of Oakland with uh, Buffy Wicks, who is a longtime organizer for President Obama, 2007 yes, Obama guy. campaign. That's my guy. Uh, worked in the White House for President Obama, uh, and then was the California state coordinator for uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign here. And Buffy had it all, you had it all lined up. She was pregnant with her first child. It was going to be delivered on election day. Yep, she was due election day. On the same day, we were going to elect our first female president. Yeah, it was all very serendipitous. They're my first, my, my daughter was going to be born the same day we elected the first woman president. The future was female. Yes. Uh, well, some of that worked out. Yeah. Some of the, we have JoJo, Josephine is a, a lovely seven-month-old right now. Yes. And, um, but you had some soul-searching to do after that. And uh, long, so you, you worked behind the scenes for your entire life. And then what did you, what did you think about so my daughter was born Thanksgiving instead of Election Day, uh, two weeks and two days late um, after her three-day labor, uh, her, her first act of civil disobedience. Um, and, you know, after that time, I sort of went underground and I focused on my daughter, um, you know, but I started having conversations with folks from the Obama administration um, after the election. And we did, a, we did a lot of, as you said, soul searching of figuring out, OK, what do we do now? You know, our, pres- our, our president or our president-elect at the time, you know, um, was someone who openly spewed racism and misogyny and did not obviously reflect the values that I have or many other Americans. Um, And what does this mean? We are at a crossroads in this country. Um, And so I think a lot of us went through this sort of soul-searching. I think some of us still are. Um, And figuring out how do we push back? How do we resist? um, What is the next step? You know, and this seat opened up. Um, and I thought long and hard about um, what kind of community and what kind of country do I want my daughter to live in. And by this seat, we're saying this is an assembly seat in Oakland, representing Oakland, the East Bay, uh, where, which goes from Richmond to... Yeah, it's basically sort of Temescal, um, north, um, up to Hercules and Pinole, includes Emeryville, um, uh, Richmond, obviously, Kensington, uh, um, uh, El Cerrito, and a bunch of communities. So the seat opened up, and you, and you had not someone who ever thought about running for office? You know, I, I had sort of vaguely thought about the idea of running for office um, within the last couple of years. You know, all throughout my career, I started working in politics when I was 18 years old. I'm 39 now. For the longest time, I never thought about running for office. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, I thought, well, maybe I could, but that was sort of in concept. Um, maybe I could run for office one day. I, I didn't know, like, how or what that could, how that could take shape. Um, and, you know, the seat opened up, and I just felt like now is the time. Mm-hmm. You know, now is the time for me to throw my hat in the ring. Um, I think I could bring a lot to the table um, in terms of being an elected official uh, here in California. Um, I'm born and raised in California. I'm very excited 
Um, Tell to, us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm from a really small community um, about two hours from here called Forest Hill. No one ever knows where it's at. It's off of Interstate 80. 1,500 people, um, no stoplight, um, no chain restaurant. I think you know there's like two gas stations and one grocery store and a post office. Um, three bars, though, somehow. The bars outnumber. It yeah. often happens in small towns. <laughs> yeah, um, and like five churches. Um, and uh, grew up in a single wide trailer, um, pretty pretty humble upbringing. My dad worked for the U.S. Forest Service for 35 years, so there was um, Tahoe National Forest outpost there. So that's what brought us there. Um, you know, my mom was the first person in her family to go to college. Um, I went to community college, the same community college my mom went to. We're alum of the same community college. Um, transferred, got student loans, went to a four-year university. Um, so grew up with a pretty, like, humble upbringing. Um, I moved to the Bay Area and did anti-war organizing. Um, here in the Bay Area, I was, like, the girl with the bullhorn leading the large protests and demonstrations leading up to the, um, the war in Iraq. And... Um, a good friend of mine tested positive with HIV. This is kind of your this seminal political activism moment for you. It was very um, pivotal to me. It was it, it hit home the importance of our public policies. Um, uh, my friend tested positive with HIV. I picked him up from the clinic. Um, he turned to me and said, I don't have any health insurance. Um, and this is the week we started dropping bombs in Iraq. Um, and I just got angry at the direction the country was going in. Um, I felt like... Um, here we are, one of the wealthiest nations in the country, and my friend who has a four-year degree and a job didn't have health insurance, and yet we were spending money in what I saw was an unjustified war. And that sent me on a path to get much more involved in electoral politics um, and to work on, on health care um, as the main driving reason for that. So I worked for Howard Dean for a year. I worked for a labor union um, fighting for better health care and wages for Walmart workers. And then I was one of the early hires on the Barack Obama campaign in early 2007. That's where I think we first met uh, when you were doing things like allowing volunteers to actually access the, the, the voter files. It was unprecedented. I was like, oh my God, what the hell are they doing? Um, but then, <clears throat> so 2003, your friend has HIV, tested positive for HIV. And then two years later, you're on the Obama campaign 2009, you're watching the vote come in uh, on health care. Tell us what that was like. So, yeah, in 2009, I started working at the White House, um, and I worked on ACA, and I was um, in charge of mobilizing the progressive community around uh, support for the ACA. And, you know, we had a lot of fits and starts with that bill. Um, and in uh, March of 2007, on a Sunday night, uh, I sat in the Roosevelt Room with the President of the United States and watched... Uh, the last vote come in um, and the room erupted in applause um, and I realized my friend would no longer be considered a pre-existing condition um, and I realized that leadership matters and that organizing matters and that we can actually create public policies that help people um, and that have an impact on people's lives um, and it was just a real important lesson for me in um, truly understanding that at a really intimate level mm -hmm. about why all of that matters. And so I was honored to have worked on that legislation. Um, you know, it, it had a huge impact on people's lives. You know, obviously, right now where we are, watching what the Republicans are doing is pretty horrifying. Um, and I think in California in particular, we do have the ability to lead on a progressive public policy um, agenda that protects us from the Trump administration. What does, uh, and the research shows that many women decide, even if they're as well qualified for men as men, not to run for office because they feel that they're not 
as qualified or they don't like the rough and tumble of politics or what have you. Who encouraged you to run and to make that leap from someone who is an organizer uh, to someone who is, is sort of a behind-the-scenes person to someone who's out front? Well, you know, I, um, I've had a lot of uh, friends and mentors along the way. Um, and I talked to a number of people before I got into this race. And also, you know, as soon as I got into this race, one of the conversations I had was with Kamala Harris, who endorsed me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this, this very concept. And she said, you know, just go be who you are. You know, you've got to go be honest and be who you are. There's going to be people that like you and people that don't like you. And you just have to, like, have the confidence and know that, you know. Um, And I think that that seems sort of like very simple advice. But I think it's important. I think, you know, when you're a candidate and you're out there, um, you can't worry about every single little word. Am I going to make a mistake? You know, because then you're not going to be your true authentic self. So I think it's really important to kind of, you know, if you have pure intent on what you're doing and you have a vision of what you think you can do in Sacramento and how you think you can lead, um, let that truth speak, you mm-hmm. know, um, and be authentic about it. Um, so I think that's really important um, lessons learned. But I talked to a number of different folks, you know, in making this decision, um, many of whom are part of the sort of Obama family. Um, we're, we're a pretty close-knit family of people. Um, you know, David Seamus, Joel Benenson, a lot of folks that I've worked with over the years um, who've worked at the highest levels of working with candidates on some of these decisions, and I found those conversations to be very helpful. And uh, as we have a bus pull up beside us, this is the live urban living here. Um, and then one thing you also found was in Sacramento, there are very few mothers serving the legislature with children under 10 or so? Yeah, so in Sacramento currently right now, um, we're at a 20-year low of women representation. Only 22% of the legislature is represented by women. And only 5% um, are women with younger children, 12 or younger. Um, And so I think what happens is the the needs of, of moms aren't represented in the same way. Um, and so I think while we have really strong leaders like Hannah Beth Jackson and others who are pushing on paid leave policies and things like that, I want to go there and work alongside her and, and be an advocate for better paid leave, for sick days, for affordable child care, um, for universal pre-K and some of these things that I think are really, really important. And you also have your day job. You're continuing with your day job, which also has to do with children. Tell yeah. us about that. So um, I'm the California campaign director um, at Common Sense Kids Action, mm-hmm. and we are doing a parent mobilizing program advocating on a bunch of issues around uh, that impact kids. Um, California is actually ranked 47th out of 50th in terms of standard of living for children. Um, and so our whole mission is to make kids the number one public policy priority. What- there hasn't been really a... And, uh, an advocacy organization specifically for kids directly sort of more in the in the mix of the political stuff there have been people uh, advocating for children's issues but not sort of the mix of policy and politics and that's what you're doing now Uh, correct and also i think the thing that we're doing that's a little bit different is we have parent organizers on the ground actually organizing you know um which is my background so (laughs) um it's all about organizing um and so really empowering parents to be advocates for change you know we did a big lobby day in sacramento a couple months ago we had about 230 parents show up from across the state talking about why these issues are important for their kids. And, of course, the question on everyone's mind, and which you've answered in your campaign video, Buffy is your real name. Because I, I think of Buffy and Muffy, and, you know, that's kind of a preppy handbook name from, uh, from my uh, growing up uh, era. Um, what is, explain the Buffy. Uh, yeah, so my, my parents wanted me to be different. Little did they know what they were getting themselves into when they did that. They didn't, they didn't raise a Buffy, a Buffy Buffy. <laughs> I know. And I think when you have a name like Buffy, you just have to own it, right? You, you know, you've you got to own your Buffiness. So that, what is Buffy is on the birth, birth certificate. Yeah, Buffy's my real name. Are and you named after any Buffy's? No, I, <laughs> no, I'm Buffy 
the third. No. Buffy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, you know, it just, they, they wanted me to be different. They thought it was a cute name, so they went with it. It was the 70s, you know? Yes, yes. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of California children have names from parents in the 70s. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 exactly. No, but, you know, you just, that's why I said, like, on my announcement video, I said, hi, my name's Buffy Wicks. This is my real name. Because you just have to own who you yes, are, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thanks well, for joining thanks us. thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah. I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more about local coverage of politics and subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Joe Garofoli, and no matter where you are or no matter what you're doing, remember, it's all political. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper, and our producers are Peter Hartlaub, Brittany Schell, and Claire Varellis. It's All Political's theme music. We have theme music. It's called Cattle Call by Randy Clark's Crow Song. The Chronicle's Josh Zucker, who is our podcast's musical director, is on bass. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more. Listen to Chronicle podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com backslash podcasts plural, or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.